0: Is the golden age of the superhero movie over? Okay, and, you know, we, we, we can debate. Uh, Jeremy, you mentioned, is it over for us or because we're fatigued? Or is it over for another reason? Is, is just where are we at on the, on the curve of popularity and buzz on superhero movies? I'm going to go a little bit left of center here. I think
1: we are past the golden era or whatever of superhero movies because those eras only last so long. And we got 15 really great. I mean, like great, like redefining the genre. Great. Changed
0: movies and box
1: offices and uh, the way studios did everything. Correct. For 15 years. To me, it's not fatigue of the genre. Okay. I think the problem is... The homework involved, it's the fact that they all interweave with each other, or they try to, and it's, all of a sudden, instead of a standalone film, or maybe a trilogy, or maybe if you're really lucky, maybe like a five or a six movie saga. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you have to watch 25 movies and 16 TV shows and then these three internet shorts and then these three... And the end credits from another yeah, unrelated end, right, thing. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, and then, then it culminates in this one. So it's the homework involved. People are busy. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that my schedule is like everybody else's schedule, but I can tell you I have a day job. I have two podcasts. I have a two, I have two part-time jobs. Okay. And I have a family to take care of. Right. So I am busy. I don't have time to watch all the things I even want to watch. It's not like, oh, hey, this movie came in the mail. You need to review it for the site. Okay, I mean, I'll find two hours to do. It. I'll stay up late one night, or you know, whatever it is, right? All right. But to actually pay attention and focus and be like, okay, that connects with that movie seven years ago, and then that character was teased the movie two movies before that, and then this line of dialogue is a callback to the like. It's so impressive. But it, it's such an amount of homework it's a for the audience. And so, therefore, you cannot necessarily go to a movie anymore. You can. Like, Shang-Chi is a great example. That's a great superhero movie that is pretty much standalone yeah, for now. And that's how it should be. And I think the amount of homework that is involved to go enjoy these movies, I think that is what's fatiguing. It's not the genre. It's the fact that we have to make everything just interweaving with this and that. That's the problem. Hey, they're trying to, they have to make it
0: a giant universe.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then now you're, if you've added in this, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope I'm not stealing a base thunder here, but now you're adding in the multiverse part, which is super confusing. And, yeah. And to the point where I'm a Marvel fan, I love the MCU. I love the fact, I think it's a masterpiece. I've talked about it on the show before. I think the fact that Infinity War and Endgame, if you take them as one movie, it is a masterpiece in how they were able to sum up 23 films into one film, all the characters that just that is mind blowingly amazing to me over that amount of time. So I love the MCU. Even the projects that aren't great, like Secret Invasion, I love Secret Invasion until the last episode, but I'm still like, oh, how's that going to play into the, into the Marvels coming out? Right. I still do that. I'm still interested. I don't care about them. I just don't about the multiverse. It's cool. You can present it to me. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it, but I don't, I don't. My brain doesn't work like that. And so, if my brain doesn't work like that, and I'm invested, Joe and Betty and Brittany and (laughs) Carlos down the street are they don't care. Kinsley, yeah, thank you. A good (laughs) callback. Kinsley doesn't. They don't. They're not going to care, right? They're just not going to care, and therefore, you're not going to see these one billion dollar gross box office sales or these 500 million dollar box office sales on these big budget movies anymore because you've fatigued the audience with the homework not the genre uh i
0: can't disagree i disagree with some parts uh, I, but tell Hitty me how you, because i do feel like it is homework before i have to see you know go see a movie that is a big release why don't you uh, feel that that Go, Gover's take on so, this being too much work. Shang-Chi right.
2: is not about the, 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 the work part. It's about origin stories because you can only have so many origin stories come out. And a lot of origin stories are connected to other things, which is why. So for instance, people will say, well, the MCU ended at, with Endgame, which I can't agree with that because I feel like there's some ridiculous expectations that people have put in their heads of what to expect after a moment Mm-hmm. in genre history like Endgame. But there have been some great projects that have come out that do tell origin stories, but also pass the torch as well. And a lot of that's with the TV show. So Miss Marvel, that's an origin story. I love like, Miss Marvel. Yeah. There's,
0: it's a good series. You, yeah, you like
2: don't it. have to necessarily have any background on much to enjoy Miss Marvel. Now, it does connect to the Marvels that are coming out at the end. But in terms of homework, you wouldn't need it. Loki, yeah. yeah. A little bit of homework, but overall that's a different type of origin story with the multiverse. Shang-Chi, origin story. Eternals, still an origin story, but it wasn't wasn't as strong of a movie, but still an origin story. She-Hulk, very loosely connected origin story. Mm -hmm. We are getting a lot of those. I think the fatigue is coming in when they're putting too much out. As well, so because it's the,
0: the amount of product they're putting out, like in a given year, in a given is year, because
2: you think before when you would have six to eight months to do your homework, mm-hmm. that was time to play catch up. Now it's three to four months. People play catch up between right. projects coming out, so I think a lot of the fatigue is coming in. That yes, not everything's going to be a banger, and you look back at you know phase one through three, not everything was a banger. No, right? right. But because you knew they're building to something bigger, right? You were invested, right? Everybody's invested. It comes <laughs> down to people's expectations. Are they want a banger every single time? But it's because they're putting out every three to four months, you're getting something new, something new because they're rushing things so much, and that's why even She Hulk. Poked fun at that about, yes. oh, no, you need to go focus on Black Panther behind it forever now. We're <laughs> Which talking about CGI here. <laughs>
1: Which I would argue is the only reason that show worked. Yeah, the, the I love She-Hulk. Like, I yeah. love yeah. the show. But because it was so self-effacing. Self,
2: yes. Yeah, self-aware helps so much yeah. in these things. But I'm looking at phase four and the beginning of phase five. There are some great projects out of phase four, like Shang-Chi, I thought was incredible. It's a great movie. Vision just exploring the depth of loss and depression. I love the exploration Amazing of that. Amazing television. Multiverse of Madness. Mm, not so much. Hmm. But Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, amazing. It's a great like, movie. You think about the theater moment, and that's people yeah. go back to Endgame when it comes to theater moments. The mm-hmm. moments we see the other Spider-Man on the screen, yeah. the moments in a packed theater, close. Not the same, but close to Endgame levels yeah, in terms of how people react. Yeah, collective gasps yes. or
0: laughs. Or... Even though
2: we knew part of it was coming, we, we just had that feeling it was coming. We didn't know for sure yet until things got leaked, but, but when it happened... People just erupted and it was amazing. We've had some great projects. So I'm not necessarily calling it fatigue from it being poor creations, even though not everything's a banger. I think it's fatigue because they're rushing projects too much. Okay. And putting too
0: much out in one year when right. it wasn't like that before. So like a factory is is pushing out more cars than they ever were. And guess what? There's more defects. And there's a couple of lemons in there. It will be, yes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I I like that. Uh, I think that's true. I I do think they're trying to put out too much, uh, and the quality is going to suffer. You're going to have more hits and misses that way. Uh, I'm also going to say that it's also an oversaturation problem on the viewer, because we don't get a break to anticipate things. Uh, they are putting out. So I mean Disney. Uh, you, I don't think you'd ever really know as a consumer of these things that there was a pandemic and there was delays for this or that because they're putting out too much stuff. And, you know, I there's no way to keep up with it at all. And I, I think... Because we're getting so much, we're feeling it's the more the, of the same. It's like if mom has a favorite dinner that you just love when she makes it. <laughs> now, if she's making it six days a week, mm-hmm. it's not your favorite dinner anymore. Right. Now it's like, <sighs> again? So uh, it, to me, I think it's uh, they're putting out too much stuff. From too many studios, even just from one place, from Disney, they put out too much stuff. But you've got other studios trying to do it. And they're all trying to get the next great franchise. So, like, you know, I it, to me, I I don't need that many great franchises. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's more for your money because uh, if you get that franchise, you are got guaranteed money for a certain number of years, right? But... Like I just can't take it anymore. Well, <laughs> just ease up on me, man. And, and here's the thing: you'll have a company like Sony
2: that will put out trash like Morbius, yeah, yeah. but then have an absolute banger with Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse, or and then Beyond the Spider Verse mm-hmm. when that happens yeah. as well. So they found it like that's incredible superhero movie right there. But that's amazing film. Yeah, the it Spider-Verse is. series is amazing film, so to say things are dead, they're not. It's just that we need time. And now it might even help the anticipation of Beyond the Spider-Verse with it being delayed because yeah. hopefully there's more time to work on it with CGI because they're going to rush. What do you think a year for that big of a project and how long it took to create Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. You need time. Which they anticipation, delayed. Which they delayed. You need anticipation. And we need that anticipation to really want things to happen. So even the one year between Infinity War and Endgame, we were just hyped up because we weren't getting much in between. And that's right. what you need. You need that anticipation. That's what's going to make it a blockbuster at the box office as well. Because when you get Secret Wars and everything, that there's going to be anticipation for that because then you're bringing it together again in a couple of years whenever that does happen, when they figure that out. You're gonna see it happen as long as they give people time to do their homework. You have to play catch up to be able to understand what's going on because those are really deep into the multiverse
1: and everything. You have to do homework to understand what's going on in those films, which I think is again goes back to the problem of like if it's it's required, right? Because the multiverse itself is you have to have a background on that. You're not gonna walk into those films necessarily unless you, you know and understand. Oh, this works this way and this way, yeah, because that's not how. You can do bare minimum homework. Sure. But to really get it. But I guess my my point, though, was that this is a major problem. Because money, putting money behind these projects, whether it be special effects or whatever, right, that, casting, whatever it may be, that drove these – on the down low, but that drove these movies. You don't look at Endgame and Infinity War Mm -hmm. with any regularity and be like, oh, they – they 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 cut some corners right there and oh that didn't look that good and oh that's kind of weird that could be better you don't you just you totally buy in because the story is so great they put money behind the visual effects they had time to do it right, et cetera et cetera now you look at secret invasion and you look at you know uh Ak- Akia getting the Drax arm and right. it looks like a joke you brought yeah. up on our ant man quantum mania episode how Modoc looked like a joke, yeah. And I said, and I still believe this: the only way that works is because it's in that kind of movie where it is kind of a joke. It's right, Paul Rudd. But, right. It's yeah. a Paul Rudd film, right? But it's, but you're right. If that's if Modoc is anywhere else, it's like what? It's like laughably bad,
0: right? So, so you put him
2: in the real, the real world. Yeah, it's horrible. Not going to work. It's yeah.
1: Horrible. So my point is, and she She-Hulk, right, you know, made fun of itself because the the visual effects just weren't right. Like she looks cartoonish. And it was, and right. so and you didn't see that with any other character. So my point of saying all this is we're not, they're not backing. They're not just backing up the Brinks truck anymore. And it's almost like a catch 22 because they're not doing that. The projects are suffering. And because the projects are suffering, they're not making the money to then be able to back the Brinks truck up because they've, again, they have the audience has fatigue. However, whether it be your reason, your reason or my reason, the audience has fatigue. General audience has fatigue on these movies and they're not going to go out and spend time after time after time to go see these movies, unless it's in a one-off, like a Spider-Verse. It's not a one-off movie, but I'm saying like the Spider-Verse was like, it gained so much momentum. It
0: was new. Because it was great. Right. But I I want to ask you this question. I want to ask both of you. Uh, In your interactions with people that are not into movies as much as we are, but still enjoy them Uh and have gone to see, you know, some of the great superhero movies and enjoyed them who've kind of stopped going. I have been telling them about Spider-Man into the spider verse and then across the spider verse, uh, across the, you know, that these things are special and different and they don't even want to hear it. They're like, yeah, I'm just done. And I'm going, no, but these are special. So I think the fact that they've, either gone over territory so many times or have, you know, disappointed us on many occasions where you go on and you're spending twenty dollars at the movie theater at a bare minimum. Uh, and you're disappointed that when something really good comes along and you know the into the spider-verse universe is has done very well. It's made a lot of money. But there's a whole bunch of people that I have had to strong arm into seeing it. And then have loved it, but they just were tired. Have you had to have those conversations with somebody about a good superhero movie because those people don't want to hear it anymore? I haven't because I tend to surround
2: myself with (laughs) (laughs) with fellow nerds. You're in a silo
0: of super nerds?
2: And the thing is, with certain movies like that, I think marketing plays a big role in certain things. I, for instance, feel like my feeds are full of Spider-Verse things. So if there's a general int- interest and consensus that you do enjoy these things, you're getting marketed properly. I don't think Blue Beetle was necessarily marketed properly. There are a lot of things that have been marketed properly. I don't think the, the, the Batman one that just came out last year was marketed
1: that properly, really. Yeah, I think it was forgotten, even though it was a really good film. Okay, that, so Real quick, that's arrogance, though. They go, hey... Right. This is Batman. You're going right. to come in. You're going to come anyway. Yeah. And that is, we got you're setting yourself up for failure. You can't be arrogant like that.
2: You're, I, I absolutely Sorry agree. To to I absolutely up. agree. And we've seen so many things yes. just from Disney here lately. Any Disney product yep. has had a major Same problem thing. with marketing. And it's very curious because they obviously know that their numbers are down on Disney+. Plus.
0: Yes. Way down that they Losing have to release a product. And
2: that's why they're releasing new products. Okay, we release this, we're gonna get subscriptions. So let's do a two-episode premiere of Ahsoka, which I love. But let's do a two episode premiere. Let's let's start making the premieres on Tuesday night so people can watch them when they do premiere. They're trying to figure out the streaming aspect of things, and it's just making things hurt so much that they're trying to put too many things out all the time. So I think a lot of it I haven't had that issue with because most of my friend group and people just in my social media know me as a nerd and they trust what i say as well. And so i'm not having to coerce them into anything. They're either already interested in it and they're just curious in what i had to say if i, you know, prove or not or if i hey, should i go to the theater or wait for it to come on streaming? That is the big argument nowadays too, right? Sure. Is should i wait for it to be on streaming because i know it will be yes. or should i actually spend the extra money and go to the theater which there's also that issue with movie theaters too not always keeping up. With things, where it's a sticky floors, the seats aren't comfortable. Sure, the expense of things as well. The soda machine's not working. People start taking this into account. My local theater it becomes part of your it becomes part of the experience of not yeah. being good. Because well, there's no ice for the soda machine. Why would I get a soda? It's not coming out cold. But if there's no ice, what am I supposed to do? Or I just spent seven dollars on a regular size drink, or yeah. there's not the the popcorn is stale, or they didn't have this available. So theaters are playing a role in this problem too because they're understaffed because they're not paying enough to their employees, so they're not keeping up with the cleanliness of it. I go to my local theater, which is only four years old now, I think, and you see in the main theater, in the center seats, they're all worn thin, so they have that crusty feel that poke you in and everything, poke your skin, so they're not comfortable. People want an experience. If they're going to go spend their money, it's got to be a good product, it's got to be entertaining, and it's got to be a great experience in the theater itself. And all those factors are playing, I think, into this, the full industry, is having an issue from the quality of the film, the quality of the theater, and just
1: the overall cost
2: of things as well, I think plays a huge role into talking people to go.
1: Which I think, and this is a whole other discussion for another day, but you just reminded me of this. That I think is going to be the death of the massive theaters, right? And yeah. they're 15, 16, 27 screens. We mm-hmm. don't have time for that. Like you can yeah. put mission impossible out and you can put, uh secret wars out and you can put like you know the spider verse that you can there's a handful that you can put out mostly by the way if you notice action or sci-fi a star wars film and you can put it in five six theaters and be fine sure okay but you're somewhere in brooklyn which i thought which i thought was great this year that's barely playing anywhere right okay it played one screen three maybe two showing times three show times a day for a week and then it was gone. Now I understand that's an indie film, and not that it's a bad, maybe a bad example, maybe an extreme example. My point is, you're not—they're not, not going to be able to keep up, keep up all the different, all 27 theaters, clean them all, make sure all the seats are correct, like staff enough people to do all that. You're not going to be able to do any of that anymore because there only there's only demand enough for a small pocket of movie of movies
0: it's it's amazing how many uh, parts of this equation where they're shooting themselves in the foot or they're shooting each other in the feet. Yeah. Okay. So whether the people that make the movies or show the movies, uh, you know, a prime example of this uh, would be from, uh, you know, Warner Brothers, uh, you know, just puts out Blue Beetle. Okay. It has a decent opening weekend. Better than I think some people expected. Uh, First movie to beat Barbie in a bit. But uh, when they announce, maybe the Tuesday after the opening weekend, that, hey, here's your digital date. Here's when you can get it on digital. And it's one month from when we put it in the theaters. So stupid. It tells everybody that was interested in seeing that movie well, why should I bother going and paying the extra money to go see it at a movie when I know in about three weeks it's going to be, you know, I can do it at my house. Uh, there's, I mean, that's a no confidence vote after it won its weekend.
1: Which is a, which is bad business. Yes. So now the, whoever's distributing that or makes that decision, the decision makers are now, that's a, that's a business factor now yeah it's not even the product on the screen it's not the attendance it's not the box office receipts it's not the fact that the theater has burnt popcorn and no butter in the dispensers or butter flavored butter. <laughs>
0: whatever it yeah, is whatever it actually is yeah something from yeah. the core corporation
1: it's not it's not superhero <laughs> fatigue necessarily it's not any of those things that we've already talked about now it's just you're running your business poorly why would you harpoon your own project yes that quickly if you want to release a date but there's something to be said for that, too. But if you want to release a digital date or whatever it is, like, at a certain point, and it's like, you know, Thanksgiving, yeah, that's three months from now, two and a half months. That's enough to be like, well, if I do want to see this, I have to go see it in right. the theater. Right. But a 30 days for 30. people that are pinching pennies after... You know, After a pandemic, they're like, well, maybe I shouldn't spend... I'll save that $30 for my wife, my kid. And that's with me. That's one kid. I'll save my $30 for me, my wife, and my kid to go. And we'll just wait 30 days and see it. Then We're not dying to see it anyway. That is so stupid. Yeah. And now the business part is a factor. And the theaters are affected already with the strike. Now, too, as del- as there's
2: delays upon delays of releases, yeah, have we seen already with with Dune? Dune being gets delayed, sent to next March. Gran Turismo got delayed by two weeks as they were just hoping they might have actors present to promote that, which is a weird delay, right? And then you have so many other movies that are getting delayed to where they're just rehashing. Oh, Disney's putting out Pixar films in the theaters for for a week. You're gonna get to see this one on the hundredth anniversary. We see what you're trying to do. Like we we see yeah. that, especially in the industry, we see what they're trying to do by re-releasing a film, right? Like just trying to milk it as much as possible so when you announce 30 days you're not milking anything like there's no milk master 3000 coming out for that when they're just going to sit at home and watch it because it's saying that the theater experience isn't worth it for this film which of all movies sci-fi action, adventure, superhero typically are the ones you want that surround sound yes. movie theater experience Yeah, for. you want it big. So you're selling it so much short when there aren't other things coming up that's going to back it up. I mean, the next superhero movie is what, the Marvels? Especially
1: right. when there's counter-programming. There's a laundry list of horror movies. So if you're Blue Beetle and you don't harpoon your own the motivation to go to the theater you actually give people a nice alternative that maybe you want to go to the theater or find they have a thursday night free all of a sudden right you can go to the theater and see your movie but no you just basically told them hey three weeks from now don't worry about it you can make create your own popcorn it costs you nothing you already subscribed to our <laughs> yes. platform anyway probably on max that's 10 bucks a month you've already done all that there's no extra money out of your pocket just hang
0: out and we'll we'll bring it to you you know it. why you uh, the opportunity wasted uh, i f- I feel bad for somebody who loves to see you know movies in a theater uh, you've denied like a whole bunch of other audiences that opportunity. some people who m- it, it may be so much more well received in a different part of the world than it was here and you just gave up on it mm. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Is the golden era of the superhero movie over? Uh, And if it is, why? Uh, Was it one of the reasons that we said? Or is it something that you've been saying all along and going, guys, you missed it completely. Let us know. Justin, tell them where to find us.
2: Oh, untitledfilmprojectpod.com is our website. And then also everywhere in social media, uh, Twitter, X, whatever the hell. Always. (laughs) Dumb (laughs) Dumb dumb wants to call it. Twitter. Instagram. TikTok, Facebook, that's where you can find us.
0: Thanks. Yeah, reach out to us and uh, hit us with your takes. We'd love to hear them. We interact with you.
2: Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.